0: This is The Lift, a series where I'll speak with women who are making their mark on businesses and their communities. Through vulnerable conversation, we'll touch on topics of goals, leadership, and mindset, ultimately lifting us up professionally and personally. I'm Nikki Probst. I'm energized by authentic, ambitious people, and I'm inviting you to come along as I connect with them. All right, welcome and thank you for joining me for another episode of The Lift. I'm so excited today to welcome Megan Feenstra-Wall to the pod. Um, Megan is an architect with Matheson Matheson in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and she is also the incoming president of the American Institute of Architects, also known as AIA of West Michigan. She will be the first woman to hold that position, which was a reason I wanted to talk to her today as well. She's not only a fantastic leader of architectural design in her own right, but she also stands to make architecture a profession that is more equitable, resilient, and healthy. She has lived and worked abroad, and she's traveled the world before she settled back home here in West Michigan where she lives with her twins and her husband. We've worked with her a lot in the past at Matheson and Matheson and I've gotten to know her a little better over the last couple of weeks and talking with her so I'm very excited to introduce you to Megan Feenster wall Thanks for joining me this morning. Well thank you Nikki. Absolutely welcome welcome. So I've been kicking this off the last couple times by just asking The question to reflect back on 2020 a little bit, the last year has been very tumultuous and what has changed for you in a positive way, both personally and professionally in 2020? How are you really approaching this year differently?
1: I love the way that you asked that, um, to look at the positive and not the negative of the last difficult year. Um, But in um, in some ways, the introverted side of me has loved that I could stay home and, um, without all the FOMO. <laughs> but, but, um, but really, I think, um, uh, one thing for me is I realized my influence in 2020, um, I'm not terribly directive or loud or, um, in your face as a person, uh, but it became more and more aware just through a number of occasions that that people are listening to what I have to say. Um, and something about my steadiness and thoughtfulness, um, it, it, it makes other people pause and think and, and even change. Um, and I hold back sometimes. But 2020 showed me there are times to speak up. So uh, I realized how important um, I guess the soft skills of leadership are, empathy, compassion, um, coming alongside people and listening. Um, So I'm hopeful for 2021 that I'll be more thoughtful about how I spend my time and energy and that influence. Um, I'd like to make sure that the paths I'm on are the right paths. Um, The things I'm doing are the right things, Um, not just doing what I've always done because I've always done it that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. interesting. That's a great way to look at it. It's like this time of self-discovery a little bit to take pause. And I think that that's a wonderful response. Just the quietness of the last years given us all an opportunity to look at things more importantly, but to look at things that are more important within ourselves too. So growth yeah. opportunity,
1: right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a time to question if I've always been doing this, why? And should I still be? feels like a great
0: opportunity for that. Oh, I love that. I I totally agree with you. And I hope this year too, because I felt some of that, that I can carry that momentum a little bit, just reflection and what's important in 2021 too. Well, take me back a little bit, I guess, before we get into you and your career right now, Um, before you settled back in West Michigan, I think you have a really interesting background. Like, Tell me your story. What did your um, school experience look like, and your immediate postgraduate experience um, look like? Yeah, I feel like I have a decade of stories. <laughs> um,
1: I, I did grow up in West Michigan, um, and I went to school here at Calvin, and then I moved to New York City for grad school, um, which I loved. I loved living, living in the city, um, but after five years there, my, my new husband and I, we felt like we had become quite self-focused um just because it's just in order to compete and survive in such a big city and so um rather than be responsible adults <laughs> we decided to take off for a little bit um, we found ourselves teaching ski school um at a resort a resort in colorado um shout out to winter park um mm-hmm. My my great accomplishment was when a little girl told her mom that she wanted to be a ski instructor when she grew up after spending a few days with me. I'm quite proud of that. I couldn't <laughs> decide whether I should tell her mom that I did actually have a master's degree from an Ivy League university if that would like help her hurt <laughs> the situation. Right. You can um, be whatever you want, no matter how much you've Spent in time and money on your <laughs> education. Yeah, um, and then and then from Colorado, we we actually backpacked through um, through Southeast Asia and India for six months. So we started in Hong Kong and we worked our way across to India, staying on land as much as possible. Um, we didn't have cell phones with us. We had no tablets, no GPS, um, just books and like internet cafes with a bunch of um, you know like Thai boys who were playing video games. <laughs> and so that was, um, that was life-changing and, and such a great opportunity. Um, we saved every penny before we left, ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for months. And, um, you know, as a couple, we spent a, a, like maybe five minutes apart for, for months on end. And it really, um, it really grew us closer together. Um, we got really good at that question, like graciously asking if perhaps, are, are you maybe hungry? here yeah. because <laughs> we would get grumpy um I just we learned a lot about each other and about how big the world is and how amazing it is um and then and then we actually ended up in England um and not London like you're probably thinking um the the, the far north um Durham and Newcastle and, and and I think I mentioned this to you I thought maybe I'd be like a pub girl or something just for fun but I felt obligated. <laughs> to at least look for a job in architecture. Um, and I found one right away and I'm so glad I did. I loved working there. Um, there seemed to be a greater value placed on good design and not just the bottom line, um, which which feels just a little bit more true here. Although I, I feel like that's changing a little bit. Um, and I somehow just fit right in the culture of, of being good at what you do, but not sticking your head too far above the crowd. It's it, it, it's it n- It's not necessarily an American way of Drawing attention to yourself, um, yeah. and we also just worked less. We seemed to accomplish just as much, but we had shorter work weeks and more time off. And I think it taught me that the career could be sustainable long term. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot there. And um, and then we traveled a little bit. We took our British car through um, through along the Mediterranean, as far as Greece, and through Albania and Croatia, and lost a few hubcaps. Um, It was a piece of crap in my car, but it made it, it made it. Um, We were camping along the way. Um, And then we found ourselves back in, in West Michigan. So, and here we are, it's been a decade that we've, we've been back.
0: So, so many teachers they experienced in a short amount of time, and it all came back full circle, right? I know. I feel like I
1: could go on and on with stories.
0: <laughs> Going back to that a little bit, when you were in England working in architecture, expand on that a little bit when you say they kind of looked at design differently at the time than um, we do or we may here in the United States. How how so? How did they look at it differently?
1: Yeah, I I, I just I felt like there was... Um, sort of this acceptance that that good design and thoughtful design and interesting design benefits us and is worth spending the time and the money on, um, that it benefits the community, it benefits the users um, in a way that, and I don't know if this is true nationwide, um, but we're we are more aware, or maybe we're just less willing to spend the money sometimes on that thoughtful design up front, mm-hmm. it's like we're too eager to just get into a low-budget project and get going. Um, when, when just a little bit more time and money up front um, could actually save more money in the long run, or just make a better project. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. It it was interesting to me um, to just sort of sense that that difference.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I guess that kind of leads nicely into my next question. And we talked a little bit about this in the past, just in considering design and considering architecture. And I always love to ask designers this question, but um, as an architect, and you've studied this for so long, how do you really feel that the environment, both interior and exterior spaces, really affect people's overall well-being? Or why is design important? Why is it important to put that investment forward in the beginning?
1: Yeah, that's a great question.
0: Um, I think for all of us,
1: 2020 has certainly taught us the importance of our environments on mm-hmm. our mental and physical health. Um, I mean, how many people do you know right now who are doing home remodel projects? <laughs> I, I, so I, yeah, I feel like we, um, having spent time in our spaces longer, we start to realize how the little things really matter, the way that things function, the way that they feel. Um, I mean, and I know you're well aware of all these studies that show that we heal quicker when we have views of nature, we learn better when we have quiet and daylight spaces. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so important. And I I think too, there's the awareness now. um, I mean, the pandemic showed us how unequal our health outcomes are based on our race and our zip code. Um, I mean, our environments just matter. It's all related.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's great just in recent years or over the last decade, at least in my experience in working in this industry, just noticing that we're making steps toward more equity and inclusion um, to those that have disabilities in space and designing for those. So it makes it easier for those with disabilities to get around and really looking at as you mentioned what um light brings into space and how that improves wellness and how the environment really affects your moods and productivity and engagement and what you're doing whether that's at work or at home so i feel you on that and i agree and i love that there's people like you that are actually designing spaces for those kind of things that we get to enjoy <laughs> i think there are more and more of us but it's becoming um it's sort of changing the
1: like the ethos of our of our industry and we're we're starting to think more about all of these issues of of inclusion and equity and resilience and all the all the things it's a lot, um, but I think we're we're up for the challenge. So yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, going into a little bit um, bigger picture around the AIA, as I mentioned, for those that don't know, that stands for the American Institute of Architects, and we have a chapter here in West Michigan, and you, um, as the incoming president this year, are going to be the first woman to hold that position. And I'm curious how you fell into your involvement with the AIA in general, and what um, led you to lead this organization here in West Michigan?
1: Um, I I got involved with our chapter right away when I first moved back to Michigan just through happenstance I like I bumped into somebody at the summer festival here in Grand Rapids and 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 found myself on the board Um, that was a decade ago and about five years ago I found out I was expecting twins um, and I already had a toddler at home so they were number two and three and I I got off all the boards and all the other things I was doing at that time, and I I've kind of stayed out of it for the last five years. Um, but the last few years have changed me, and made me want to step back in. Um, part of part of it really was a reaction against what so much of the profession is or has traditionally been um, somewhat self focused or self aggrandizing very directive, uh, male, white. Um, I am white, but a lot of those other things, I'm just not. And it's taken me years to figure out where I fit in and that I don't need to change myself to fit that mold. And I, I just felt this strong desire to show that to other, other people, other young people, other young women. Um, so I stepped back in, um, yeah and yeah i'm I'm excited i i'm looking forward to focusing on on that equity diversity you know amplifying voices that are underrepresented um climate action i think is important um i also just want to focus on recovery after last year yeah just the architecture but but the architects right now could could use some attention i
0: think yeah as people (laughs) as humans I would agree. And and I think that um, just speaking from an outside perspective, it's an opportunity for you in mentorship. I think that when I found out that you had were going to hold this position of president of the AIA. It was shared a lot on my channels on LinkedIn by young women architects um, from Kendall and other schools that had um, ambitions of going into architecture. And so um, the news of this position, I guess, locally, uh, got a lot of attention from those that seemed excited that you were going into the role. Um, I was reading kind of around that topic And correct me if this is wrong, but the statistic is there's 17% um, of of people in architecture are women that are licensed architects um, and even less in leadership roles. So do you find that there's more and more women that are finding the opportunity to step into this profession? And how do, how do you hope to support them, I guess?
1: Yeah, there are. It's really exciting to me. Um, I think the, the balance to that statistic is that half of graduates are women. And so if you look at that, that means that somewhere along that path, they're just dropping out. Um, and so I I think that's a sign of, of that we're not doing something right because we're missing out on all that talent and all that um, just what what diverse teams can bring. Um, and, and statistics show that diverse teams are more profitable for their businesses. So I do feel like um, there's something. I mean, we were joking earlier that you can be whatever you want, but it is so hard to be what you can't see. So I I don't necessarily take pleasure in this role in the idea of being first, but I'm more than happy to just be seen so that other people can feel like, oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's like normal. I can do that.
0: Yeah. Make it more visible.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I guess that going back both, we can take this in the context of professionally or personally, but I hate the term like five-year plan or (laughs) 10-year plan. Um, outside of what you're doing right now though do you have any professional or personal goals for you or your family Hmm. um I it's funny thinking about what are my
1: goals I I've often had sort of an idea of what's next um and I think right now there's just there's a lot going on in in my life and in my profession um just both professionally and personally and so I'm just looking forward to just like Leaning into that, um, I am excited to be at Matheson Matheson and and to help grow a unique a unique architecture firm um, where we we're thoughtfully designing um, for thoughtful people, and I really want to keep our entire team feeling engaged and bought in at work and in the community. Um, And it's something we're already working on but that's something I'm looking forward to in the next, you know, the next five years or so. Um, I, I mean, personally, I just want to be a better leader I was, I was talking about how I don't necessarily fit some of that mold of what traditionally a an architect has been. And so I don't have many examples of leaders in my field who work and function the way that I do, the way that my brain works. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that I think I'm going to be working on in the next five years, too, is just um, taking advantage of my strengths and trying to perhaps mitigate my weaknesses and just get better, just be better.
0: I love that. and I have similar goals, actually. I've told you, like, I work with a professional coach, and um, just increasing my skills in leadership is definitely a goal of mine. Are there any things in particular in your life that you're doing to improve your leadership skills? Well, good question.
1: Um, I feel like I'm always <laughs> working towards that through various... Um, programs or podcasts or um, all of that. Um, I've been involved in various programs in the past
0: mm-hmm.
1: through the chamber, or through other um, organizations uh, that I think are great. Um, and I and I think just as being part of the AIA now and the board and leading that board and trying to just lean into that, um, it's, it's a hard position because it's it's only a year. You have a year as vice president, and then you have a year on the board as past president and so it's trying to figure out how to um create goals and lead a team through them in such a short term yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I'm sure you're up to the challenge. Short amount of time to make a big impact, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you mentioned podcasts. Is there any in particular that you're listening to? I love asking people what they're reading or what they're listening to. There's,
1: there's a lot. Um, I, I'm an avid um, listener of actually just articles of from The Atlantic or The New Yorker. I, I, I love just learning about things that I don't know much about. So that's not specifically leadership, but um, just broadening who I am and my interests. And I think it helps me talk better or just know more about my clients. Um, there's a few, there's um, there's one called Practice Disrupted that's about the architecture of practice and um,
0: some of the changes that are happening um, in it. I've been listening to that. Um, it's kind of interesting we're having this conversation just centered around leadership and even women in leadership this morning. And I'm listening to um, the podcast, Unlocking Us. It's a Brene Brown podcast, mm-hmm. but in this, this newest episode, she's actually interviewing Melinda Gates, which in her philanthropic efforts is very focused on women in leadership positions and changing, just making more diversity in, in positions of power and in leadership. So it was interesting, you should check that one out. That's my little oh, yeah. suggestion. <laughs> That's interesting. I like ending these podcasts with the final question. Um, Who is lifting you up in your life and who are you lifting up?
1: Hmm. You know, I've been thinking about that
0: um, because it's
1: so many people um, who are lifting me up. When the the twins were born, I found a great support in a group of uh, local Mothers of Multiples. Um, they had been where I was and I, and I learned how important community was. I feel like before that I had been quite an independent person and I, and I learned that I couldn't rely on myself alone. Um, but then I felt so alone at work, knowing so few women in architecture who'd stuck it out through multiple children. And so I started a group of women in architecture, uh, just to seek them out. Um, we still meet informally, although, the average age has dropped significantly from our first <laughs> meeting because there is a huge group of talented, uh, interested, bold women coming through right now. Um, but from that group and in with former co- co-workers, I have a couple of younger than me architects that I meet with regularly. Um, we commiserate and dream and plan. And then I also have a couple of older than me architects who, I also meet with regularly to commiserate and dream. And, <laughs> and honestly, with those women, um, with Katie and Anne and Michelle and Gina, and I'm, I'm not sure I can say who is lifting up who there anymore. And I yeah. think that's pretty wonderful.
0: That's what community is. is. That's an awesome answer. It's a little bit of both, lifting you up and you lifting them up. Need each other to lean on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great, well, that's interesting, I love that. Thank you so much for being my guest and for being willing to uh, take the opportunity for me to get to know you a little better and for you to hopefully get to know me a little bit better. I love learning about your experience and your skiing and your travel in the past, and I look forward to seeing where you go in architecture. Yes, well, thanks, Nikki, this was fun. Absolutely, I will talk to you soon, Bye. bye.